Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 3, Episode 12, Destiny, Destiny Rides, Rides Again. Again. Thank you, friends. My notes were cut off. Mary, what happened this week? Jackie catches Kelly painting her room black. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack, or, oh my god, let me start over. <laughs> Jackie catches Kelly painting her room black. She confesses to Jackie that she's kind of lonely. At the video rental store, Donna can't decide what to rent. While dragging David away from the adult video section, they run into Father Chris, who gave Donna her first communion. It's awkward. He asks her to visit sometime. I think he means church. (laughs) As they're about to leave with Kelly and Brenda. Oh, what? What did I write? Oh, my God. (laughs) Sorry, I have a typo in here. So I wrote Brenda as Batenda. (laughs) Pretenda? She was a pretenda. (laughs) Okay. As they're leaving the video store, Brenda sees Dean Kane. I mean, hot Rick from France. Brenda pretends to be French and finds out Rick transferred to UCLA. He offers Brenda a tour of L.A., Rick calls her house and Brenda pretends to be French in front of her whole family. They don't yell at her about it as much as they should. Brenda meets up with Rick again and Sydney plays along with the French Brenda scheme. Rick takes Brenda to the peach pit where Brandon is. Brenda can't keep up the act for two minutes. She confesses everything and runs away. But then she comes back and runs into Dean Kane's mouth with her mouth. Rick tells Brenda... Rick tells Brenda he liked Brenda Dubois, but he could fall in love with Brenda Walsh. What the hell? Steve did bad on his SATs. Brandon tells Steve to explore other schools, but also maybe study. Steve apologizes to Herbert, his freshman buddy, and invites him to a Raiders game. The Raiders are a football team, I asked Michael. (laughs) Turns out Herbert is a hacker. He explains that the school's grades are on an IBM ES9000, which is a computer the size of a room. As for the PS2s he mentioned, those are apparently ports that you can use to hook up a mouse and keyboard. Steve reverse psychologies Herbert into admitting he wants to hack into that system. Then he shows Herbert his keys to get into the school. When Herbert isn't interested in helping, Steve tries to guilt him into it because he saved his books from bullies that one time. Steve pretends to be an IT guy to get the password from somebody on the phone. Steve and Herbert hack the mainframe to try and change Steve's grades, but they break the computer. While crossing the street, Andrea gets hit by a car. Both her legs are broken. Brandon brings her flowers and sits with her in the hospital. Nikki, Brandon, and David and Donna stop by the hospital to sign Andrea's casts on their way to an AIDS benefit. The benefit is hosted by Rosie O'Donnell, who asks all of them about their sex lives on TV. Rosie O'Donnell tells Donna to keep waiting to have sex. Donna Donna contemplates when she might be ready to bang David, who's been ready for months. David says he understands that Donna wants to wait until marriage, but he doesn't want to wait until he's ready to get married. David begs Donna to let him spend the night at her house since her parents are out of town. She dreams that she's at the video store for her first communion. She walks into the adult section, which turns into a church. In her dream, Father Chris tells her God will still love her if she has sex before marriage, but it'll make her parents very disappointed. 
Donna wakes up in the middle of the night and makes David leave. Donna goes to church to talk to Father Chris, who seems to get older and more creepy in every scene he's in. Blah, blah, blah. Virginity is a gift, but not for you, girl who has it. It's for the man. The priest tells her that God will always love her. Brandon tells Brenda she wasted her money on the SAT prep course only to bring her English score up by 20 points. But that means her score is now 20 points higher than Brandon's so he can suck it. Dylan doesn't have his SAT scores yet. Instead, he has been accused of cheating on the SATs because he did too well. Jim tells Dylan to take the test again because that's way easier than trying to fight the cheating allegations. Dylan doesn't want to because he didn't cheat. Brenda tells Dylan she believes he didn't cheat because he's never lied to her before. Dylan tells her he did lie and there was a girl this summer and he's sorry. Brenda asks who it was. He says, uh, Dylan says it doesn't matter. Later, Brenda tells Dylan that they need to not be together because now they've both cheated on each other twice. They kiss each other goodbye. Brenda calls Kelly to let her know she and Dylan broke up. Dylan shows up at Kelly's house while they're talking. Kelly hangs out and makes out with Dil- hangs up and makes out with Dylan. Yeah, Dylan moves fast. Oof. So fast. I mean, Ugh. his mind was definitely like not in it for the last however long cuz he's been super distracted and like not really. Well, but he's also been eating Brenda's face all the time. So I mean, that's a, like I think Dylan does still love Brenda. But seriously, earlier in this episode, like halfway through it, I wrote in my notes, when are Dylan and Brenda going to break up? And then when it happened, I was like, I've never been so relieved. Like, yeah, I was sad last time. Now I'm just over it. And then he went literally right to Kelly and was like, well, I think I should start seeing you now. And I was like, no. And frankly, she should not be seeing him if she cannot decide what color to paint her room. So she just gets a bunch of how to videos from the video store. And then paints every wall a different color. (laughs) Like, she needs some time. I mean, you saw, like, her original colors, too, where it's, like, bright pink walls with that real deep blue closet door cover thing. Honestly, yeah. When she first started painting her wall, I was like, thank God. (laughs) I can't. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I would, like, obviously, we've been talking about the whole Dilda breakup for a while, or at least when is it going to be here? And now that it is... That scene, which I know is toward the end of the episode, but it almost didn't feel... I was like, this is it? Like, this is the breakup scene. This this is how they break up? This is it? Like, it was it, so anticlimactic. But, yeah. And I've been, like, literally chanting at my screen three episodes in a row. Like, break up, break up. <laughs> just break up already. And then they do, and it's just like, uh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, close that chapter. Yeah, I was like, all right, I guess we're done. Like, he's just going to go date Kelly. Although, I feel like this means that next episode, Brenda's going to find out the girl was Kelly. And I am here for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm almost ready for, like, some actual drama. Right? Like, I think that was the thing that got me was, like, a lot of what happened in this episode just, like, did not mean anything to me. Yeah. Like... Again, I think it was throwing darts at a dartboard and they just like accidentally left up the one that said this episode is about AIDS and also Donna's virginity. (laughs) Because I have to bring that up like many times. Yeah, it has happened multiple times. Like every time they're like, oh, by the way, did we mention Donna's a virgin? By the way, AIDS will kill you if you have sex. (laughs) They always like out of all the hard hitting episodes, they just always have to drive home the fact that like if 
you have sex, you will get pregnant and die. Condoms and foam. <laughs> and foam. Yeah. So when I was watching this episode, John was in the living room with me. And it, like, came up and said, like, special guest star Rosie O'Donnell. And I was like, oh, my God, Rosie O'Donnell is in this episode? And he didn't say anything. And then we got to the scene with the AIDS benefit, and she's on stage. And he just goes, oh, I thought that was Roseanne. <laughs> it's like, what? I mean, that would have been interesting to have Roseanne. Oh. Yeah, like, in his head, I said Roseanne Barr instead of Rosie <laughs> O'Donnell. And he was just like, this makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And speaking of guest stars, like the first guest star that pops up was Dean Cain. And I was just that was my first note in all caps guest starring Dean Cain. Because I was so excited. I didn't even see that part. I don't know what we were talking about that I looked away. Because, yeah, I was sitting there just like David's in the porn section. Rick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This did make me miss Blockbuster like a lot. Oh, and when she pulls out the Father of the Bride tape, and they were like, you've seen it 50 times, you should just own it. And I was like, I should own this movie. I also like it. Oh, it's such a good movie. It's one of my favorites from the 90s. It's so cute. But yeah, they're looking at that. And then David's in the adult film section, which was a little weird. Like, I don't know. I guess I've never been to a video store that had an adult film section, like, right there. Mm -hmm. Now that you really can't anymore, because they just don't really exist. But I was just like, bold move, David. Shouldn't that have been behind a curtain or something? Not just under a neon sign with, like, some lips and an X. (laughs) And it just felt so weird that, like, he's at Blockbuster with his girlfriend, his stepsister, and their friend. And he's just like, all right, you guys do this. I'm going to go look at Backdoor Slots 1 through (laughs) 9. Well, and it was, like, in the front of the store. Yeah, like, yeah. Just a sign pointed to it. And David's like, ooh, is this my lucky day or what? And just staring at all of them. There was also so many. <laughs> there, were, there were so many. What a selection. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is why David chose to go to this particular video store because of their selection. Hey, Donna, remember that time you painted a naked lady? Want to see some more? <laughs> <laughs> well, and like, I think that was what was so weird about it to me is... Like, they've had the whole, like, David wants to have sex, but Donna doesn't want to have sex story for a little while. But it just feels weird that he would be pressuring her like this in this episode. Like, when they're making out on her bed later, and he's like, isn't this where you usually tell me to stop? And she's like, well, yeah, but I'm not sure, but I don't know. And he's like, are you ready? Because I'm ready. I know you're ready. I'm physically ready. And I have everything ready. Like, we're ready. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's just weird. It was just weird because, to me... I mean, on the one hand, it was nice that, like, David was physically prepared, right? Because that is very important. But I think one of the biggest things and and something that probably a lot of teen shows could do really well to start bringing up more if they haven't is the emotional side of things, right? Like, because Donna, she probably gets, like, yeah, okay, you're physically ready to have sex with me, but, like, there's more to that. And I think she even says there's it's more than that or something like that. And I don't know. I mean, I think it's, I don't know, maybe back then or even to some degree today, it's almost become too transactional. You know, like it's a rite of passage and you just do it to do it to say you've done it. But it's not really about anything else. And like, if that's how you treat it, that's fine. But what, but like what I mean is like the teachings of it, right? It's that it's such a transaction 
And not that the guys lose anything. They gain something. They gain popularity. They gain, I don't know, ego. They gain whatever. And girls lose their virginity. Well, and that's the thing is when they brought in like the Catholic priest talking to her and then she's like, oh, my God, this is so uncomfortable. And my parents raised me to not have sex until I was married so that I could give the gift of my virginity puke yeah. to my husband and like all this stuff. And like I went to Catholic school, like I know every single thing that they were saying. And it made me think of uh, the first episode in Jane the Virgin when Abuela takes the, what is like the rose the or flower. whatever flower mm-hmm. it is and then crushes it up in her hand and is like, this was you as a virgin. This is you after losing your virginity. And I was just like, you are traumatizing young yeah. women by saying like your virginity is a gift that you have to give to somebody else. So like, yeah, like you said, girls are losing something by having sex and men are gaining something. Mm-hmm. And like, it just, it made me upset that like, this is all of this with Donna. And then every time she kept saying, my parents raised me to do this, this, and this. And I was like, I have seen Felice. I do not <laughs> care what Felice has taught you. Yeah. Felice ain't taught you nothing. I do not care for this woman. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing that Gilmore Girls tried to do, too. When uh, Emily and Richard found out that Rory and Logan were having sex like she gets the priest to come over and he literally says the same thing. He's like, your virginity is, is a gift. It's the most special gift you have. You can only give it away once or whatever. And it's like, I don't know. You think Logan's having this talk with a priest right now? Heck no. Like his dad was probably like, oh, his, prob- his dad probably didn't say anything to him. Yeah. His dad know. was probably just like, I'm sorry. Why have you not already gone into the <laughs> yeah. family business? Yeah. Like, I don't know. The, the, it's beating a dead horse, but the stigma around, you know, the difference in what sex means to boys and what sex means to girls and how they're taught is just, it's just annoying. And I hate that we have, like, yet another episode about it. Because, like, I mean, y'all know, and we've talked about it, like, Donna's virginity is a major theme of the entire show. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think what I do like about the show is they've talked about the emotional readiness of things. Like, yeah you know, Brenda having sex with Dylan because she thought she was ready and then she realized she wasn't ready, so they stopped having sex. You know, Donna has said that she's not ready, so she's not having sex at all until she's married. Um, You know, Brandon had, I think it was, like, I think Emily definitely did it. I think Emily's the only one that did it, where she was, like, absolutely ready to go, and he was like, well, I'm not ready to, you know, make love to you or whatever he said. (laughs) But, like... You know, they have talked about this, like, emotional readiness versus physical readiness, and that part I like. It's just once they start getting into, like, your virginity is a gift, and once you lose your virginity, you're soiled. Like, that pisses me off. Yeah, that shit's gross. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, you know, there is a decent amount of time that I've enjoyed the way they've treated sex on this show, and I'm sure at some point in the past I have said something completely different, and I'm contradicting myself, but, like, this shit right here bothers me. Yeah, I think I think I would just like to see a little bit more from the male side, too. You know, because we constantly hear David talking about doing it, Steve talking about doing it, you know, Dylan even to some degree. Now, granted, Dylan's been great with Brenda, but he's done it before, you know. And, um, yeah, and, and yes, you're right. Brandon did stop it from happening with Emily, which is nice. But I, I just... 
I want to see it done in a healthy way and a guy being like, no, I'd rather wait until we're in love or till we're older or whatever the case is of why they want to wait. But I would, I mean, can you imagine like the roles being reversed and Donna being all gung ho and ready to go. And David's over here. Like, no, I like to wait till I'm married or at least until, you know, like what Donna says at the end when they're out of high school. Like I I can't imagine that. Well, and, can you even imagine, like, especially this show being written in 1992 of how they would have treated that if any of the other guys had found out that David's girlfriend wanted to have sex with him and he wasn't ready for it? They would be, you know, calling him a wuss and calling him a girl and feminizing him and treating that like that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And then we would just be angry about all sorts of different <laughs> stuff. So, I mean, I'm yeah. glad about that. But, yeah, I mean, it's just weird to me that, like, I feel like David would also be on this train of, like, I'm not, we're not going to have sex until we're both ready emotionally and physically. And like you having any doubts about it in this moment makes me think we shouldn't do it rather Mm -hmm. than him being like, well, you said you didn't want to stop me or you weren't sure if you wanted to stop me. So I have condoms. We're both clean. Let's just do it. Mm -hmm. Like that's, I guess that's not what I expect from David. Yeah. I mean, he gets better later on, right? Like, cause at the end of the day, he's still ends up like agreeing with it and being like, yeah, you know, if you're g- cool with it, I'm cool with it, that kind of thing. But yeah, definitely, he's certainly a 17-year-old boy in the beginning of this episode. I know, and I always have to remind myself, like, they're teenagers. They're <laughs> gonna suck. Yeah, they're stupid. <laughs> Speaking of stupid, Rick is falling <laughs> for everything Brenda's doing. Oh my gosh, but he's so damn dreamy. Oh he's my god. So dream- like, <laughs> Brenda Dubois. <laughs> oh, creak. <laughs> Every time she's like, Reek. <laughs> it's so bad. It's, it's so bad. So bad. And I'm a I was really glad that she agreed to let him take her on a tour. And he takes her right to the peach pit. Yeah. Of all the places. But like and yeah. all the towns. Of all the diners and all the towns. <laughs> you had to walk into mine. Exactly. And then freaking Nat, man. Okay. It's not my quote of the week, but it's my like acting of the week or whatever like performance of the week because freaking Nat man like Brandon does well to like go along with it but then Nat's like eek (laughs) (laughs) he made me laugh so much I loved like I loved that everyone just went with this that like Rick calls Aunt Cindy and Uncle Jim later and Cindy's just like some guy is calling for my niece Brenda (laughs) And then she answers the phone with that accent, and all three of them are just like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. But they don't do it. They're just like, no, this will blow up in her face, and we're going to let that happen. Yeah. And until then, like, Cindy's helping her get ready. She's coming to the door to be like, yes, I am Aunt Cindy. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I've heard so much about you. Oh, gosh. And then they go to the peach pit, and yeah, Brandon's like, I'm Aunt Cindy and Uncle Jim's kid. <laughs> Why not? This is my cousin Brenda, or like I'm her cousin. Why did you have to make it so? Oh yeah, my parents are her aunt and uncle. <laughs> because they're all so bad at lying. Because yeah, then Nat's just like, oh yes, France, yes. <laughs> he tried so hard. It was so funny though. I like weirdly, I'm glad that you know this happened because it at least shows like okay people can go along with stuff and like Brenda just doesn't get shut on completely all the time I just love that like her thing is supposed to be acting 
<laughs> and that accent was horrible. God, it's it so, so bad. bad. And I, I looked something up because uh, there's an interview with Dean Kane where he talks about being Rick. And I have it pulled up on my laptop, so I'll read you some excerpts later. Nice. But they mention, I don't know if like he mentions it there in another article I read, that she didn't have an accent coach. And I was like, you're kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It was so good. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. I can't believe that. Like, man. Freaking Brenda. And, like. Cindy even makes fun of it later, like she or earlier before um, before they even go out, because I think she said something like, um, what did she say? She said, like, aren't you supposed to say Siva play or something yeah, like that? Like, yeah, I think Brenda's like, mom, don't, you know, make this hard or like tell them the truth or like don't ruin this for me, please. And she's like, isn't it Siva play? Yeah. I was like, oh, Cindy, I love you. Well, and it's all funny that each one of them kind of have their own. Um, motive for like helping because obviously like with Jim he's probably thinking oh my god this isn't Dylan yeah do whatever you need to Brenda but also (laughs) he like sort of hates Brenda so he's probably like this will be entertaining Brandon is all about entertaining you know he just wants to see everything blow up in front of Brenda's face and then Cindy's probably like oh my god this is hilarious let's do this like just you know excited to like do something with her daughter I don't know it's so funny Look, yeah, because when Brenda picks up the phone and starts speaking, like, they do the cut to Cindy, and Cindy's just like, what? <laughs> just, like, the face on her. And then Jim and Brandon, like, standing over on the edge, like, arms crossed, heads together, like, what do you think's going on here? I don't know, Dad. What do you think's going on here? God, they're the worst. Well, yeah, when Brandon was like, do we have to beat it out of you? I was like, this is the weirdest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. But, like. Again, John was watching, and I wrote down John's reactions because I just find them so funny. Because he's like, I don't understand this show. I don't get why you watch it. And then he sits down in the same room with me and is like, she's just going to walk out of the room? <laughs> yeah. And in, in that same scene, like, or I guess the very first scene when they all have that reaction, it's like Brandon's talk- Brandon is talking about how Brenda did do better on the SATs, but he says it in such like a condescending way. He's like... So all that money for all those SAT prep classes and you only increase your English score by 20 points. And then Jim, ever the accountant, points out how much it is and how much it costs per point. But, like, it still matters. Oh, absolutely. Like, I I feel like they're just kind of giving her grief about it because, like, oh, this is a family thing. Like, the brother's going to rib on her and the dad who's the sole provider for the family is going to be like, yes, I do know every single dollar that came out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, I really wanted Brenda to be like, yeah, but now I have a higher score than you, so. That's what I'm saying. Like, she could have easily had that retort so quickly. And, like, because that's the thing. You know it's, like, eating Brandon alive that he that she has a better score than he he does, but he has to frame it in a way, like, like, it's still deprecating to Brenda. Well, and he has to make it that he made the right choice not taking the class. Right, right. Like, you could have been out $700, but instead you're only out 350 for Brenda. Yeah, so stupid. So, so dumb. Like, so on brand, but so dumb. Yeah, very on Brandon. And then, yeah, because you find out that Donna has done so much better this time around, which, I mean, I don't remember if they had figured out that she had the learning disability the first time, but like 
having taken the SATs again with an SAT prep course, getting the extra time so that she can, you know, read through the questions. Like it made me so happy that her SAT scores went up. Oh yeah. Yeah. It makes total sense. Um, you know that, well, it doesn't make total sense that Donna's um, score went way, way up, but I am really happy it did. And then it did make sense that Brenda's score went slightly up. And then it honestly made sense that um, Steve at the time, we think just did the same, but in reality, sounds like he did worse, like way, way worse. I mean, after we see his scores on the computer later, I totally understand. <laughs> God, you just wonder, like, is it really that he's just maybe distracted and like doesn't take it seriously and all that? Or is he really dumb? Because he doesn't seem that dumb. I think he genuinely doesn't care. Yeah. And I think he is just relied on the fact of like, oh, well, I'm a legacy. I have money. I'll get into USC. Like, everything will be fine. And then you find out he got an F in freshman social studies. And I was just like, Steve, how is it even possible? Yeah, like, aren't you supposed to repeat a class if you fail it? Yeah, because, like, I paused on that screen so I could look at all of his scores. And John was just like, I feel like that's one of the ones you have to repeat. Like, if it's an elective, maybe you don't have to repeat it. Mm -hmm. But, like, you need the right amount of credits. Yeah. Yeah, like... He'd have to go to summer school or something, and then they right. would use the other grade. They wouldn't keep it in there as an F. Right. Yeah. Which, yeah, we were talking about that, and I was like, well, if the, you know, two seasons of summer episodes have taught me anything, Steve's not going to summer school. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Absolutely he is not. living at the beach club. Oh, thank God. Um, but, yeah, in his storyline, I mean, we can, like, go so fast through that storyline, because that one's stupid. But... He's basically getting lectured. It's not stupid. He's just distracted. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. So. I really liked um, the combination of him and Herbert just hanging out. <laughs> I, I'm glad someone did. <laughs> and Herbert's little ponytail. <laughs> I, I saw that ponytail. I was like, what is happening? And I love that he's just like, man, I love having a freshman buddy. And then just being like, oh, he's a hacker. At first, I thought he was going to try and get Herbert to tutor him and then... Once he started talking about hacking, I was like, oh, this makes so much more sense for Steve. Yeah, right? Gosh. Yeah. So, like, Brandon's, like, lecturing him slash, like, shaming him for his grades. And because he's like, well, well, you know, you just you could just study or whatever. And then he sees Herbert and um, in the computer lab. And by the way, there was a global warming poster on the outside of the uh, computer lab. Oh, look at that. We've known this has been a problem. Yep. <laughs> for so, so long. Um. But, yeah, so Steve walks in the computer lab and tries to warm up to him because he thinks he's smart and he can help him and da-da-da. And he talks to him about, like, everything that he knows about computers. And, and yeah, he says a lot of things that Mary said in her synopsis that are technical terms about the IBM computers. And now, of course, Steve wants Herbert to help him change his grades. I thought it was so funny when they are standing outside the school calling in being like oh I'm with IT support I need your password and they just gave it to him I was like was this really that easy in 1992 like I feel like no one under the age of like 70 would fall for anything like that now I just wonder go ahead oh oh, I was just gonna say the password was Jester (laughs) yeah (laughs) right not even a number not even a capitalization nothing but Jester which so dumb uh, at the same time it makes me wonder what if it was like a joke 
all along. Like if you try to sign in to change your grades, jokes on you, aka the jester. <laughs> well, and like when they typed it in and then they pressed enter and it like took a minute and then it popped up and Herbert was like, "Oh, we're in. It worked." He was like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> yeah. I was going to say back in that scene about the uh password and you're asking like, "Is it really was it really that easy back then?" It makes me wonder how many people in the 90s gave so much money to Nigerian princes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was just watching the episode of Community where they go to – actually, it's the one that Luke Perry is in, um, where they go to the Inspector Space Time convention, and Abed's standing there like, oh, yeah, I had to wire my friend money in Nigeria, and I even sent up a plane ticket, and everyone's like, oh, Abed. And then a guy shows up and is like, here's that money back. Thanks so much for that plane ticket. <laughs> Oh, my God. Died when Luke Perry was Inspector Space Time. Oh, my gosh. It was such a surprise. And then it's just like Jenny Garth appears like two seconds later. And it's just like, oh, my God, it's Dylan and Kelly, but old. I, I <laughs> it's died. Like, it's like Fred Andrews age Luke Perry. No, it was so good. <laughs> Abed just turns and is like, I hate you. You ruined it. <laughs> Luke Perry could never ruin anything except his relationship with Brenda. Although I guess he can't even take full credit of ruining this relationship because Brenda equally ruined it. <laughs> I can't. That's going to have to be like the last thing that we talk about because that's <laughs> the only thing of any substance in this entire episode. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Basically the rest of the whole Steve plot was that they do break in and they do like use, I guess the key that Steve actually did have after all does work. And then they get into the computer. It takes a while to boot up and to get access to, but they do. And they're like, starting with ninth grade. And yeah, it's like, you failed freshman social studies? And he's like, yeah, make it a B. Make it a B. And it's like, dude, you got to be strategic about this. Like, you can't just change everything to a B because, like, nobody, clearly no one's going to believe it. Yeah, I, like, change the Fs to Ds. Change, like, one or two of the Ds to Cs. Give yourself maybe, like, a B in PE or something. Yeah. But like, yeah. that's it. Cause yeah, I wrote down, he got a D in math, a C in PE. He failed social studies. He got a C in English, a C in history. His current GPA is 1.89. Oof. It's so low. And then the computer freezes and he smacks the monitor. And <laughs> John immediately goes, the files are in the computer. <laughs> Perfect. And then that's it. They just, they're like, oh my God, something's wrong. We've been caught. We yeah. have to leave. And then they turn the monitor off and walk away with it still frozen on Steve's grades. Yeah, this is, uh, this is not going to end well. I don't know how it's going to end, but I don't think it's going to end well. I mean, it has, like, there has to be some follow up to it. But I, I genuinely loved when they got the password, they got off the phone. And Herbert was like, oh, yeah, you sound like such a techno nerd. And then Steve starts running away and, like, sprinting up the stairs, like, hooting and hollering. Oh, yeah. He was cackling in pretty much every scene with Herbert. He was, like, cackling in that scene. He cackled. I was like, Steve, you're being far too loud right now. Like, what if <laughs> there is a security guard here or, like, somebody's here? He's going to hear you, like, laughing maniacally in the background in the computer lab. No. Well, was... maybe he already paid off that. Uh, custodian or whatever oh from yeah last episode I mean yeah. he has to have for the key right yeah, yeah I think so yeah so I mean 
I guess that's still been happening. I kind of wish we got a scene that showed him like getting a valid key rather than, you know, not. And I love that he was like trying to like say like, Herbert, if you help me with this, you will get the legacy key. And like, this will be your thing that you can take forward and you'll be so cool after this. It was like, this does feel like an argument that Steve would have. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'll take you to a Raiders game. I'm going to give you this key. So you'll be really cool for the next couple of years. Just help me get into college. Yeah, because at first, like, Herbert's like, dude, yeah, you, okay, you, like, took my books back from bullies one time. Like, why should I help you? Oh, and I really loved, uh, oh, my God, did I just lose what I was going to say? Oh, yeah. Um, I really loved Herbert talking about, like, hacking into stuff and Steve being like, yeah, don't you want this opportunity to hack into the school's mainframe? And they were just, like, saying words. And I was like, I can tell this is 1992 hacking because I understand most of what they're saying. Oh, yeah. Hacking, all hacking meant was get the password. (laughs) Yeah, it was literally, like, we have to break into the school, enter the password, and change the grades at the computer where the grades are entered. Exactly. Like, the whole time. I was like, this is stupid. And that's Steve. That is Steve. Everything with Steve. Um, yeah. We talked about Kelly's painting her room black. Yep, she's and lonely. I, oh, I felt so bad that she was painting it by herself. <laughs> she couldn't even get anyone to help her. So sad. I know, she's just like, no, I like doing this. And I was like, but you should have friends. And also, no one likes painting. Not like that. Like, maybe painting with a twist or, like, the whatever it is with the wine. But definitely not just, like painting your bedroom nobody likes that no that's why you have to bribe your friends to do it exactly that's how I got married to paint my entire house yeah I'm the weirdo who likes painting oh no (laughs) if I can do it with friends like it's it makes it fun and yeah it's repetitive motion and you can see your progress as you go and that's just satisfying so that's a good point I bet you'd like pressure washing then I probably would but I would also (laughs) probably hurt myself (laughs) I could definitely see you, like, pressure washing. I feel like that's one of those, like, oddly satisfying kind of things. Because, like, you showed us the, like, what was it? The, like, cutting bars of soap? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. All those ASMR videos of just, like, satisfying shit. I'm all about it. And, like, people squishing things and making noise. I don't know. I watched probably too many videos last night of people doing royal icing on cookies oh that's my new favorite I love it so it's just so relaxing to like watch it happen Mm -hmm. like they like oh yeah like people decorating cakes but definitely like flooding a whole section of fresh cookie with royal icing after you outline it it's just the best yeah well and like watching them like just do the outline in one go I was like this is this is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just calming to like watch it go so perfectly. If only. I feel like it it look they make it look so easy and then it's like somehow if I do it I get it like over here and then over there like I don't even know how it happens. I know. I was watching one where like bef- after she outlined but before she flooded it she like took the little like pin or whatever and like shifted the outline over the teeniest little bit in one tiny corner. And I was like, that makes it all better. That makes me feel <laughs> so much better that you posted something on Instagram that wasn't 100% perfect. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
But no, it was so satisfying. Like I probably watched like 30 minutes of videos just scrolling through like like royal icing decorating on Instagram. It was so worth it. I just love it. But yeah, Kelly is painting her room and she's like at this one section that she's painting black in a white sweatshirt, by the way. And Jackie's like, I could hire someone to do that. Like, I don't understand what's happening. Talk to me. And that's when Kelly tells her that she's lonely because everyone else is dating and she just doesn't have anybody. Yeah. And so she's going to, you know, occupy herself with projects. She's going to craft, which I understand. Yeah, it was crazy to me that Jackie was like, well, take it from someone who's been married five times. I was like, wait, it's been five? This is your fifth marriage? That's so many marriages. And I just wanted to be like, that's not helping. (laughs) Take it from someone who has been in five serious relationships and you're not in one. (laughs) Jackie. It's like, not a competition, but now it suddenly feels like a competition, mom. Right? Like, this, this didn't help, but thank you. And, I mean, yeah, I guess we can, like, wrap Kelly up a little bit, too, because the only other thing she does in this entire episode is more paint. Yeah. Right? Like she paints between Blaine, uh, Blaine, blue and green. <laughs> I mean, Blaine, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and she's sponging. I loved that because my room was sponged pink and purple when mm. I was little in the 90s. Nice. After 1992, but still then. But yeah, she was doing the sponging, and I was like, oh, God, this was popular back then. It really was. And I I love that she was like, Mom, what colors do you like? And she's like, oh, I like the whichever one. And she's like, but do you? And she's like, what about the other one? And she's like, but is it two? Mm Mm-hmm. Kelly, just leave your room in that horrible hot pink. (laughs) Yeah. Stop. It's fine. Yeah, and while Jackie's in there talking about the paint, um, Kelly gets a phone call, and it's Brenda, which I don't know if you want to, like, wait until we get through with the Brenda. Yeah, I would, like, I would say we'll talk about everybody else because there's really not too much else other than this. And then there's we'll really talk not. about, like, yeah, Brenda and Rick and then Brenda and Dylan and then Brenda, Dylan, Kelly. Okay. Because really the only other thing that happens – so there's, like, the AIDS benefit taping that Nikki gets tickets to and invites everyone to. And on live television, Rosie O'Donnell asks both Brandon and Nikki if they've had sex before and if they're having sex together. And the answers are yes and then no. Mm-hmm. And then she gives David – or she, like, praises Donna for not having sex until she's married – and then tells her that David shouldn't pressure her or something like that. And that was it for the AIDS thing. One thing but, I have to say about that was that it was so awkward. It was so weird. Like, I just did not understand. I was like, I mean, I guess it's cool, Nikki, that whoever, her aunt, her uncle, whatever, it doesn't matter, got them these tickets. But then, yeah, you're going to sit front row to a live taping for an AIDS special like I think it would be different if it was a comedy special to benefit that kind of thing but like we only see Rosie O'Donnell tell like three jokes and then start asking teenagers in the audience if they're having sex it was it was weird it just made me feel uncomfortable like I wouldn't ask the question and I mean I wouldn't answer the question and it felt like Rosie O'Donnell was like 
come on, it's just, you're just talking to me and 15 million people. I'm like, first of all, that's ambitious that you think you can pull in 15 million people to watch this. But also, that wouldn't get me to, like, tell you. I would still just be like, next, like, ha like, go on. Right? Like, any chance that my parents could see it or that, like, anybody I knew could see it, I'd be like, no, I've never had sex. What is this word sex that you're talking about? Yeah. Wait, the Boys? I've never seen a boy in my life. It, who are you? <laughs> I think my favorite part was when she was like, I'm not going to talk about my experience because my parents are watching. Let's talk to these kids. I know. She's like, absolutely not. Like, you know <laughs> that all of those kids' parents are watching. Like, Felice is watching this. <laughs> if she knew that Donna was going to anything about sex, she would just be like, well, I need to be there as well. I'm going to sit right behind you. Yeah, seriously. Ugh. But yeah, the other, the, I mean, that honestly is it for that little part too. Yeah, because um, like Donna has her dream that night when David oh, yeah. spends the night, but they don't have sex. But I mean, everything that Mary said in the synopsis is what happened. Like, yeah. I just don't feel like there's a need to talk about it. Nah, we don't need to. Um, The other little side plot, which, man... I don't really have a lot of thoughts other than this is just so weird. But, okay, first of all, Andrea is, like, wheeling and dealing, trying to sell some ad space in the place. Did you relate? Did you feel very connected to Andrea in this moment? You know, weirdly, yes, because, like, I recently started working at the AJC. And so some of the print terms that she she said, like, I don't know, like a quarter page or, like, some something that is so simple. But I was like, I know what that is. <laughs> But it's just weird that a high school paper would be trying to get ad space. And not only that they have ad space in the, in the high school paper, but that Andrea is the one that has to make the sale. I know. She's actively soliciting for their ad space. And I was like, that feels so weird to me. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely does. Like, she's not getting any of that money. It's definitely all going to just the school. Yeah. And I, I'm sure it's not even going to, like, improving the paper in any way. No. But yeah, like, she's doing all of this, and Brandon goes to leave and offers her a ride home. She's like, no, I think I'm going to walk. You know, I've been doing this this whole time. I'm just going to walk home. And then as she's walking, she goes into the street, and, what, like, a Mustang or some kind of car hits her, and it was so horribly acted, by the way. <laughs> But, like, she just goes flying backwards. And John immediately goes, I just really need you to mention that you've been hit by a car and that you didn't react this way. Wait, wait, wait. You've been hit by a car? Yeah, I've been hit by a car. What? It was fine. No, it was really fine. Um, I was, it was at my first job. And since it was such a small company, we did, like, I, I worked for a real estate company. And everyone would send, all of our tenants would send us physical checks instead of just, like, ACHing in. And so we had to go to the banks. So, like, everyone, you know, depending on wh which direction you're going for lunch, you'd, like, pick a bank and go there. And so I picked, like, this one direction of banks, and I was walking across the street to get back to the office, holding on my little bank slips, and I was, like, most of the way across. I had, like, one more lane to go when the little guy started flashing. And so I, like, went to go pick up the pace, and then the light changed, and I was in front of an SUV and then the, the lane I still had to like get through also had an SUV and she just floored it 
and just like knocked me into the intersection. And it was fine. I'm totally fine. I didn't like have to go to the hospital or anything, but it freaked this poor woman out. Oh no. Like, I got up and I like, I remember I picked up all my bank slips because I had to like, I texted one of the other accountants and I was like, will you tell Sonia I'm going to be late getting back? I got hit by a car. Oh my God. <laughs> and like, my, she was like, wait, what? Because they knew I would walk everywhere. And so she told my boss and my boss calls me. I was like, where are you? <laughs> I was like, I'm just downstairs. Like, I'm, I'm just sitting here. And she's like, I'm coming downstairs. And then as soon as she got there, I was like, I still have the deposit slips. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I thought it was, it was crazy. Thing. Yeah, no, I it freaked this woman out, like, in between, like, Sonia coming down. And we were on, like, the third floor. So it's not like she had very far to go. But this woman, like, she, like, pulled over. She got out of her car. She's crying. And she was like, can I pray with you? And I was like, sure. <laughs> Oh my god, what a reaction. Oh, I, uh, she she was so upset. Like my boss came down and she's like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I'm like bruised, like I probably twisted an ankle or something, but like uh, there is no like damage that yeah. has happened to me." And she was like, "Okay, so we're all good. Like we don't have to like take you to a hospital or call the cops or any of that stuff." I was like, "No." And this woman was just like, "Can I give you my number and I would like you to call me and just tell me that you're okay?" Oh. And like wow. seriously, she like she like held my hands and like prayed for my safety and all of this stuff and I was like oh. everything is fine like wow I actually still have a screenshot because we were doing weekly company emails for like some sort of goal I don't remember what it was but they would do highlights for the week and I made the highlights because I got hit by a Tahoe <laughs> gets hit by a car and breaks both of her legs and John was like you need to tell everyone that you were hit by a car and you were not this dramatic yeah Nate was sideswiped at Georgia Tech and he didn't break both of his legs now granted his was like even like less you know bad as yours was where he was like going to you know walk in the crosswalk he had a walkie sign and this lady like you know did the whole rolling stop and was like turning right and so, yeah, he just, like, Nate sees it, and because he, nowadays, he's always, like, head on a swivel, head on a swivel, like, anytime we've got the road involved, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he got sideswiped, and he did not, man, but Andrea got taken out. She, it's, like, flipped. It's so funny, because, like, the car didn't even hit her, it's just, like, <laughs> she just... It looked like it drove past really close, and then she was just on the ground. Yeah, she, no, it was very, like, sideswipey. Yeah. She did, like, a Neymar-level, like, rolling around <laughs> injury. Like, But, yeah, then again, she is almost elderly, so <laughs> that osteoporosis man. Oh, my God. She's no, geriatric. I, <laughs> I love that she was, like... Oh, yeah, I broke both my legs, but I'm fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just got two broken legs. No big deal. <laughs> and yeah, so she wakes up in the hospital. Which it's so I always, dramatic. I love how many times movies and TV shows are like, this person has been unconscious for two <laughs> hours because they broke a leg. And I was like, that's brain damage. Right? Like, that's fucked. 
when she had that like huge bruise on the side of her face so not only did she somehow break both of her legs she also got that massive bruise on one side of her face they should have done both sides like if you're gonna break both legs you got to do both sides of your face yeah i mean she literally just like rolled through the street (laughs) very just whatever but yeah so she's gonna be in a wheelchair for a few days a few weeks yeah because that's how they introduce nikki being like oh is andrea okay okay cool i have tickets to an aids benefit (laughs) oh yeah that's right okay Uh. and and yeah because it was a hit and run they have no evidence of who it is and i feel like what i really want that to turn into is an entire episode where the a plot is brandon being an investigative reporter to solve andrea's hit and run oh my gosh pretty please can he voice over another episode for us that's what i was gonna say he should be the narrator for this I wonder if Andrea mentioned to the police that the car had one of those little boxes on the hood. Yeah, like because that like, was like muffler thing or whatever. Not a muffler. Like, I don't know. Car. I don't know. Engine <laughs> attachment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm not even gonna conjecture what it is because I have no idea. But yeah, like I feel like if she can at least give them like make and model and the like thing on the hood of the car. Yeah, like, that's, that's like an identifying feature. Exactly. It's like it's got one of those things on the hood. Yeah, it's like when you've got a car and the engine's too big and you have to cut a hole and it just pokes out a little. That thing. Or like an (laughs) airflow. I don't I don't fucking know what it is. I need to get on GTA and scroll through all of the things (laughs) that you can put on your car and figure out what it's called. Yeah, this was like the one time when Brandon was like actually nice. Cause like when he goes to visit her, he's like he doesn't make it anything about him. He just makes it about Andrea and, like, feeling better and, like, doesn't get all huffy about, like, well, who did this to you? I'm going to go track him down. Like, he just is like, I'll sit here for as long as you need me to. Do you need anything? Like, all this stuff. I was like, okay, maybe I should give props to Brandon on this episode. Yeah, no, that's basically the only thing I have about Andrea's storyline was like, I'm actually really cool with this whole branded thing. And when she's like, oh, do you want to stay for a bit? And he's like, of course, I'm going to stay for a bit. Mm-hmm. It was there was a lot of kissy, like he kisses her forehead, he kisses her hand. Did it? But like, that's just Brandon. So like, it's not a bad thing. And yeah, I was like, this is cute that he like he brought her flowers. And I love that she was like, you just missed my parents to be like, it's okay. We've never cast her parents, but they did come by. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's remind you, she has parents, but they live four hours away in Van Nuys or something. And (laughs) so as soon as they got here, they had to turn right around and make it back by dark. (laughs) Yep. They left at 6 a.m., got on that bus, (laughs) visited for 10 minutes, and had to leave again. Oh, yeah. They're on the bus's schedule. Yeah. They're like, Um. well, we got here. We got to turn around. The the 610 bus will wait for no one. (laughs) Um, one thing that made me laugh about that, like when Brandon goes and visits Andrea the second time and she's like, like my new wheels. And he's just like, oh, you couldn't get crutches. It's like, she's both of her legs are broken. (laughs) How is she going to use crutches? I thought the same thing. I was like, I really would have loved for Andrea to be like, crutches? Like, Brandon, you're so stupid. Shut up. Your legs are broken. Why didn't you just get pretend legs? Like, come on, Brandon. Yeah, but they're not really broken, right? Ridiculous. I I am actually looking forward to her just, like, wheeling around, though. Like, I don't know why, but, like, 
I just love this idea. And I really want it to be like silent approaches where like she comes in and everyone's looking at eye level and she's like, what are you guys talking about? And they're just like, oh, <laughs> where did you come from? <laughs> like, what if like everyone was just standing around in a group? She comes wheeling up and she's like, oh, hey, Steve, your fly is undone. Because <laughs> like, that's the level she's at. <laughs> Oh my god. No, I now I just really want Steve and Andrea to be standing next to each other while she's in the wheelchair and she just like leans against his hip and is like, this is my note right now. <laughs> and like, like he like goes to sit down in her lap and she's like, my legs are broken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want it though. <laughs> I still ship it. I'll never not ship it. Yeah, no. I want I want Steve to be her like broken leg buddy. <laughs> Well, we've talked about this before. Like, you break your leg in high school, you get to leave class early, and you have a friend take you around to, like, carry your books and stuff for you. Steve Mm -hmm. needs to be her broken leg buddy. Yeah. So, actually, fun fact about that, and um, I didn't know I was going to bring this up. I haven't thought about this in a long time, but in fifth grade, uh, was it fifth grade or sixth? It was fifth grade. Yeah, it was definitely fifth grade. One, Somebody in my class, um, I didn't know her. I think she, we just hadn't been in the same classes in elementary school before, and but her name was Chris, and I thought that was so cool that it was a girl whose name was Chris, and she broke her leg in, like, a dirt bike accident or something over the summer, and so she was coming into school with a broken leg, and uh, my apparently my teacher, like, assigned me, of all people, to, like, be her little broken leg buddy and, like, take her books around or her backpack or whatever it was, and, like, I didn't know this girl, but because of that, we were, like, best friends that entire year and then we went to different middle schools but it's fine but I saw her like I don't know maybe like 10 years ago wait how old am I (laughs) had to be longer than that because I think I was in high school yeah it was definitely high school and we were like playing her high school in football or some sport and I saw her and it was like it was it was so weird it was like this what could have been? Because, like, <laughs> we bonded that fifth grade year. A lot happened. And, uh, yeah, so we're not friends anymore. So shout out Chris Peterson if you're still out there and you happen to stumble upon this podcast. Caitlin remembers you. <laughs> and I saluted you. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds badass, though. She's like, super cool. A yeah. fifth grader, a fifth grade girl named Chris who rides dirt bikes and breaks her leg on one. That's badass. Yeah. That sounds like made up. That sounds like it should be in a TV show. She was pretty cool. She was pretty cool. She was one of those like kind of dangerous girls. And I was like, I'm friends with a dangerous girl. Because <laughs> I was so not dangerous. Aww. So what I'm hearing you say is this is my jumping off point for my Sandria fanfic. Oh, totally. Yes. Yeah. 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 Steve Become is fr- the broken like- leg buddy. Yeah. And you become friends to lovers. Yeah. Yes. So like they'll bond for like a month. They've already been friends. Now they're going to be much closer friends. And he's like driving her home every day and like, you know, taking care of her, staying late while she works at the newspaper. And then in a month when she's down to like walking boots, he'll be like, oh, we can still walk to class together. And then when she's out of her casts, that's when they bone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like, he can just be like, do you remember that time when we studied for the SATs together? I've always thought you are beautiful. I still and, think about that. <laughs> oh, I had something else, too. I can't remember. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, well, it'll come to me. I love it. I, wa- I love Sandria. Sandria. Oh, man. Sandria. I want it. I want it. It would be so perfect. 
the honestly, chemistry is there. It really is. I was going to say, like, honestly, it feels like it. it's, like, not that far-fetched, right? Like, it actually feels like it could happen, it w- and it would make sense. I mean, let's be real, though. I'm ready for either one of them to be in a relationship because I think they both deserve it. That's the thing. Like, I feel like Steve gets shit on so much in this show. And I feel oh, like yeah. having a girlfriend would be a good thing for him. Like, Oh, totally. Like, he doesn't know who like he never got to meet his mother because he was adopted his friends forgot about his birthday that one year uh like his ex-girlfriend usually just fights with him if -hmm. they're doing anything like girls will have nothing to do with him people are mean to him he's failing all of his classes poor steve i know i know like when you put it all together you're just like oh my god yeah, like I, all he has going for him are those cute little moments with Andrea. And let's face it, he's just way better than her stupid Republican boyfriend. <laughs> he's definitely got a better body, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably true. Sorry, yeah. young baby Peter Kaza. So it's like I, I Steve and then whatever his name is, Jay, Jay. who looks better in denim jackets than Brandon. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Brandon yes. is at the bottom of the list. My yes. closet looks better in a denim ja- jacket than Brandon does. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. So, that's everyone except Brenda and Dylan. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, for some reason, we had to have Dylan cheated on his SATs. Which, it was another weird one of like, oh, my scores haven't come in yet because I took the test somewhere else. And then they're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, you did so much better because your girlfriend wasn't getting a biopsy for breast cancer this time that you're taking the SATs. And I feel like there should be like a did not finish asterisk on his SAT yeah. score from last year. But like, yeah, he wants to fight this because, you know, innocent until proven guilty kind of a thing, which... When John was watching this, he was like, oh, so we're just assuming that he cheated. Like, he has to prove he's innocent versus someone else prove he's guilty. Which, <laughs> later on, he goes, is Dylan the real hero of this whole show? And I was just yes. Like, I mean, yeah. Mostly. <laughs> yes. Usually. Yeah, because he's usually the voice of reason or, like, the moral compass. Like, usually. Usually. But... Because if you think about it, like, when people tell him stuff that normal or, like, normally people would judge them for, he doesn't judge. Or it's, like, if somebody reacts poorly to something, he kind of, like, levels them out. Like, he just – we've always talked about him being evolved and grounded, and he really is. So something, you know, the shoe is going to – the other shoe is going to drop soon. And then then just this one little thing – I say little. It's not a little thing. But, you know, the whole cheating thing with um, Kelly is just – the first kind of thing. So it's like, I don't know why they're trying to villainize him in this or like, and just assume that he really did cheat on the SAT score, like, or the SAT test, whatever. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It was a weird, it was a weird random thing to just bring up. I feel like they only did it because yeah, Dylan didn't cheat on the SATs, but he did cheat on Brenda. Yeah. So they're trying to, like, make a pun out of it, and it just didn't need to happen because we already knew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's pretty much, like, how it comes up is they're they're talking about cheating, and, like, he does tell Brenda that there was a girl over the summer, 
and I love that she was like, well, who was she? And he's like, does it matter? And I was like, well, it does matter, and it's her best friend. Exactly. She's not going to tell her. And, yeah, because that's when I was like, I'm just tired of it. Like, Brenda and Dylan need to break up because all they do is fight over whatever's happening in their lives. In this case, it's the SATs because Brenda just wants him to take it again instead of writing angry letters on his little typewriter thingy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, his typewriter. And then he's like, well, I shouldn't have to do that because I'm innocent. But there's a thing that I am not innocent of, and it's cheating on you. Yeah, it was like, I mean, if you didn't know the last few episodes, it almost would feel like a trap. You know, like Dil- or Brenda was saying all this stuff and, and like trying to get him to do this to make him guilty um, or feel guilty and then to get him to reveal it. It's like, if you didn't know better, she already knew and she was just waiting for him and he wouldn't tell her. So she was going to guilt him into it. But she didn't know. And I mean, she could tell something was off, but like, why would you assume that it would be cheating on her, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like she has said in the past that she suspected that something happened, but then just like kind of dropped it. And she even kind of drops it at this point. But then they've been fighting so much that she finally just calls it. And I think part of the reason is because of Rick, where she's like, you know, I had no problem going to the peach pit and kissing Rick and doing all of this stuff. And like, you and I just need distance from each other because mm-hmm. all we do is, you know, cheat on each other and then tell each other that it doesn't matter, except it does matter. And that's not okay. Yeah. And they have been like bickering a lot lately and kind of like disagreeing on big things. I'm trying to remember when you were talking about how um, she really wanted him to just retake the test and she kept, oh, it was the same thing of she how she kind of forced him to take the SAT in the first place. So, yeah, it's like they're they're just on totally different sides right now, and they usually come around to each other's points, and I feel like lately they haven't even been able to do that. It's just more fighting until one person just kind of, like, gives in. Well, I, yeah, I do think it was interesting when she was, you know, trying to break up with him, and he was like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Because I'm not going to argue with you over it. Like, I'm not going to try and convince you to stop. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. That, that that just shows that he's done. Like, he he's ready to move on. He's ready for something to be decided. Whether it's we're staying together for a longer period of time or we're done, it doesn't much matter. Which you also know that if anybody gets to the point where they just don't care, that's a problem. Like, if it's not worth it, putting in the effort and fighting, then that's you're done. Yeah, and I mean, I... I think he was definitely done. He just didn't want to admit it because right Mm -hmm. after this, like she leaves and he probably like either drove her home and then continued on to Kelly's or like waited until she was out of sight and then got in his car and went to Kelly's. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just goes straight into her arms and that's how the episode ends. Yeah. Yeah. She's like on the phone with Brenda and you know, Kelly is almost like surprised. Not that, not that, like, the really, I don't know. She just is like, I thought you guys would be together. Because she was so convinced that Dylan was unattainable. And she mm-hmm. was never going to get to be with Dylan. And so she just believed that they were going to be together forever. And, like, how weird is it that you're not going to see Brenda and Dylan together? It's like speaking, you know, to the audience. It's like, yeah, same. But now they are over. He's immediately at her door. Like, he could be anywhere. He could just be alone. But, no, he's, he straight up comes right to her. And it's like, uh... I just wanted to be with you or I don't remember what he says, which like, this is where the drama is going to come in. Like, I feel like 
at some point the cheating may or may not come up, but the fact that he moved so fast from Brenda to her best friend, that's where it's all going to come up. Like they really should have just like hidden it for, I don't know, any time, but this is the drama that we're here for. So, Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, and, and also like that, the last part of the uh, Rick story was basically Rick kind of giving her an ultimatum in a way by saying, no, like there's a reason this is kismet. Like there's a reason this is like, fate and I guess that's where destiny rides again comes in um which I was trying to think earlier like how is this title of this episode relevant but because earlier in the episode he tells Brenda Dubois that it's kismet and she's like what (laughs) not knowing what the word meant or just hearing kiss I heard kiss me like I think that's what she heard she's like what kiss you (laughs) (laughs) kiss you that was Michael's one comment. He couldn't stop saying it because she was like, what? <laughs> he said, like, really what? <laughs> so many times. That's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, so he says that to her as Brenda Dubois, and then she reveals herself as Brenda Walsh. And uh, she's not French. Duh. And uh, later on, he's like, no, 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 this is this is actually kismet because how does this happen where you know you find each other in france in a foreign country and then you find each other in you know la which is or beverly hills which is such a huge town as well and he basically is just like don't go be with your boyfriend be with me and she kind of listens to him and does it but we don't know if she's going to immediately get with him just like dylan got with kelly so obviously we'll find that out in the next you know couple of episodes probably but I hope she does, because I wrote in my notes at one point that I'm a little bit Team Rick, if for no other reason than just the whole lying situation. I got kind of tired of it, you know? I think the only thing that gets me about Rick is that he fell for what she was doing. Yeah. Like, that blows my mind that she lied to him so much, and he's just cool with it which now i i just looked up because i wanted to make sure before i say anything more about dean kane i can't tell you i we can't talk about his interview until next episode okay but like it's just very interesting to me because yeah i feel like if you showed up at the peach pit talking about how all of your fraternity brothers have been raving about this place and that you got to try this mega burger and you go in, you sit down, you say, like, in, in the U.S., you have to sit at the counter. I just want to be like, they never sit at the counter. <laughs> yeah. Like, Andrea sits at the counter, and it's to talk to Brandon. No yeah. one else sits at the counter. Like, the counter is for when you're eating alone. Yeah. Because you only take up one seat. Like, it's a place for one tops. That's mm-hmm. all it's for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, he finds out that not only does she already know about the peach pit and spent the entire day pretending she didn't know she doesn't have a french accent she lives in la she's been lying to him the entire time they know each other and he's just like but i could love brenda walsh (laughs) like no you can't i almost made the one who lied to me (laughs) (laughs) i almost made that my quote of the week just because i i like even though what he said was kind of lame I did swoon a little just because it was coming out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair. He's pretty. Yeah. Reek so what, is very pretty. What did you make your quote of the week? Okay, so my quote of the week, it was an interesting one. Not for 
like story purposes, but I, I just thought it was an actually like kind of well, well-written line. Um, and it was when Brenda and Dylan were fighting um, as they were disagreeing about um, the cheating thing. And, and Dylan reveals to her that he um, did cheat on her and it's with some girl and it doesn't matter. And basically he's, you know, admitting what he did. And then Brenda's like, oh, you know, you just did this because you're guilty. Like you could have told me right when I told you, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, well, that's what I'm telling you now or like whatever. And she just goes, I'm very impressed by your integrity. Now take me home. And I just kind of liked it because, like, A, I love sarcasm, but B, I just feel like, to some degree, this is such a, like, gray area. Because on the one hand, both of them are completely wrong for cheating on the other person. But I I do appreciate that Brenda at least, like, admitted it to Dylan in the beginning. She's like, I had a fling, it's over, like, we're done, whatever. Dylan definitely could have spoken up then. Now, here's where it's even more gray, is that it's with Kelly. And if it had just been with someone random, I think Dylan probably would have said something. Like like he did with uh, Sarah Betty and when Brenda, I forget, who was it with? Who was she with? Oh, when the guy cheated. in the oh, jazzercise? funk guy. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like that would have been fine. But yeah, so... I just like the sarcasm of it and the placement. Like I was like, okay, this is like a good, this is a good piece of dialogue right here. No, I liked it. The thing is like all of their fighting this episode was very passionate. Like they did Mm -hmm. all of that very well. It was just like when the actual breakup happened, it was just like, oh, I guess this is it. Yeah. It just, I was like, wait, again, like two and a half years basically of a relationship And this is the breakup scene. Like, I appreciate that it wasn't in, like, a malicious or, like, a, you know, knockdown, dragout fight kind of way. But, like, it almost felt like it wasn't real, which I think is a problem. Like, I expected some crying, at least, from at least one of them. Mm -hmm. Like, ugh. It's like they're trying to, maybe they're trying to convey that, like, all of their feelings are just gone. But I don't get that feeling from either of them. Yeah just because of how they've been acting with each other. But I don't know. Somebody should have cried. Like, it's a big deal. And fuck you writers for not letting someone cry. Yeah, I mean, this was their first, like, real relationship, at least for Brenda, probably for Dylan. Yeah, I mean, just because of how old they are. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, there should have been crying. I cried during breakups. Oh, obviously. Like, every single one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. I mean, the closest thing they had was, like, when Brenda was about to leave and Dylan, like, turn- stands up really quickly and, like, kisses her again. That was the closest thing they had to emotion. And I'm like, yeah, that's very Dylan. But, like, this isn't enough. This isn't – this doesn't do it justice. No, and I think if they had had a breakup like that, that, like, if the breakup they did have made sense where it was just, like, we need to break up. We don't feel the ways that we should be feeling with each other. I'm just going to leave. It's all over. It's done. Blah, blah, blah. Like – I feel like you can't have that and any drama with him dating Kelly. Totally. Because if she truly doesn't care, then she shouldn't care. Mm-hmm. I agree. So it'll True. it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. Yeah, I'm really curious what's gonna happen because I don't I really don't remember like what happens to their friendship, um, Kelly and Brenda's. Like if there's a lot of um 
angst and hurt and and betrayal and all that stuff or if it's like yeah for a minute but then something happens and maybe they both turn on Dylan and now they're friends again like I I really don't remember so I'm I'm interested to see what happens here because I do think Brenda and Dylan have excellent chemistry Kelly and Dylan have excellent chemistry but Brenda and Kelly also have excellent chemistry yeah Yeah. I definitely foresee drama because Brenda is so dramatic and jealous so yeah I I did love when like Nat and Brandon are trying to play along with Brenda and she's like, I can't do this anymore. My name is Brenda Walsh. I'm from here da, 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 and runs away. And then Brandon's like, my sister has a flair for the dramatic. <laughs> like, okay, that's fine. You can have that. Yeah, that's accurate. It's an understatement, right? <laughs> oh, okay. So what did you grade it? I actually gave it a B. I mean, for all the weird, like, you know, 75,000 side plots and, you know, some stuff that I didn't like overall, I thought what happened was pretty clean um, because at least with the Steve and Herbert um, storyline and even to some extent the Andrea storyline, even though they were random, it's not like they were like jagged on the edges. You know, they they started and stopped and it was done. And so with the Steve one, we might see some more fallout from it. Obviously, Andrea is going to have her broken legs for a while. So we'll see that. But it was like it didn't feel too jump aroundy which it has been known to do when we have a thousand different plots. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's fair. And truly, like, I think I'm going to give it, like, a C plus just because, like, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I didn't necessarily have problems with anything, but nothing really stood out to me. And, like, there there was some plot progression. Like, um, I didn't come up with anything quippy for it. But I didn't it's either. A, <laughs> much like Steve's grades, it's a C. Yeah. <laughs> Steve hopes for those grades. I know. How do you get a C in PE? That's what I said. I was like, come on, it's PE. Yeah. I saw a tweet the other day that was like, y'all remember when we were like in elementary school and we ran like a five minute mile and then went to math class? (laughs) Like, yeah, we ran like in PE, we had to run a mile and then we just had class next. But like that was when we were too young to like go shower for. Ugh, I know. I've thought about that every now and then. I'm just like, I went to PE and then we'd like, we had like 10 minutes to change and get to our next class. There was yeah. no showering. It was like, that's kind of gross. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I just watched the episode of Community this morning where Troy takes PEE. I love that episode so much. Because <laughs> he thought it was a typo. It's <laughs> physical education, education where you learn how to be a PE teacher. Oh, no. <laughs> Poor so Troy. Good. Poor Troy. I I love Troy. Like, he, the last couple episodes, so we're probably, like, in the middle of season four right now. But the last couple of episodes, the things he said, like, that's what John has just, like, burst out laughing with. He's so funny. Troy and Abed are just a force. I love them so much. <laughs> Caitlin, you have to watch this show. It's on the list. We're almost caught up on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so that might be next. Oh, I have to watch the season finale for this season. You're almost done with the gas leak year. (laughs) God. (laughs) What's what's next week for 90210? Yeah, for 90210, we have season three, episode 13, um, and that's called Rebel with a Cause. So who who could this be about? Right? (laughs) 
who looks like James Dean, who could Beverly possibly be a rebel. Well, I'm ready for it. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. So fun fact also, like I know at one point we talked about IMDb like scores or whatever, like the meta score. And um, this one got a 6.9, Destiny Rise Again. And that is the, I want to say it's the highest of the season. Um, one second. Yep. It's the highest of the season so far. Wow. That's. People on IMDb <laughs> do not think very highly of this this season. Oh, yeah. It's all in the sixes. Like, there's not a single one that pops a seven, I think. I think. Yeah. So, nope. Nope. Oh, yep. There's one. There's one? Have we Sorry, gotten there's two. No, we have not gotten to it yet. I will tell you, the two that break seven is the finale, which, as we know on Hulu, uh, is one episode, whereas on this it's a two-parter. And so it's they both got sevens. Um, and then two before the finale broke a seven. Everything else is in the sixes. All right. Well, I'm ready. I'm actually really excited for the se- the season finale this season, and I do think yeah. we should like do a two parter and just like one one big episode for it. Yeah. Yep. Let's do it. Well, cool. <laughs> that's like a long ways away. <laughs> yeah. So, so long. <laughs> until then, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Back to Podcast. Yeah, and make sure to send us emails if you've got any thoughts or comments or any back back gosh back to podcast behind the scenes thoughts um or tips or whatever you've got for us um at back to podcast at gmail.com that's b-a-c-k-t-o podcast at gmail.com and don't forget to leave us a review on itunes you can rate it review it share it with your friends subscribe to it all sorts of stuff like that because uh well we'd really like you to five stars please yeah, and if you do that, we'll shout you out here on the podcast, and everyone likes to hear their their inner thoughts about a podcast just then told to everyone on a podcast. So do that, and uh, we'll share it. And um, yeah, just try, if you've got the time now, please leave us a review, because that's how we get seen and how more people can find us. Mm-hmm. And we will talk to y'all next week. So from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm Ariel. I'm Caitlin. I'm Mary. Bye. Bye. See ya.